Welcome to the Weird History Podcast. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported show. To support it, go to weirdhistorypodcast.com. Imagine for a moment that a couple moves into a new house. They figure out where to put a couch and the lamps and all that. They agree on, you know, what the kitchen table should look like. It's mostly fine. Uh, they put their bookshelves back up and are able to festoon all of their art objects in appropriate art object places. But there's this one box of stuff they don't know what to do with. One box of things they just can't find a place for. They put it aside and say they'll put it away eventually. So it sits in the corner of the kitchen. And they can't agree on whether to throw it out or not, and it just continues sitting in the corner of the kitchen. And it keeps doing that. And eventually that box just sits in the kitchen for years. It was never meant to go there. But it's become a part of the scenery, a part of the landscape of the room. And eventually, actually dealing with the box would be strange. Eventually, if you got rid of it, something would seem missing. I think we've all been to houses and apartments and seen that box before. And you're like, oh god, guys, just take care of it. How hard can it be? Imagine that, but instead of a couple, imagine six different parties having to agree on a box. And instead of a box, it's a ladder made out of cedar. And instead of people, it's six major forms of Christianity. And it's not a house, it's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. That is, the church on a site where many, but not all, Christians believe that Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected. Think of that, except, you know, at a major Christian holy site. Anyway, one of the most famous churches, if not the most famous churches in the world, it has this random ladder just kind of propped up on the side of it. And it has been there for a long time, like centuries. And it's there because the six major religious groups that inhabit the church, that all use it together, can't agree on who it belongs to, who put it there, or where it should go. It's the unopened box in the house metaphor, but several orders of magnitude bigger. So this ladder that's on the side of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, we're not entirely sure who brought the ladder in, what they were supposed to be doing with it, why they didn't put it away, none of that. Maybe they were a stonemason, maybe they were a painter, maybe they were cleaning the windows, but for some reason, they were on one of the upper levels of the church, needed a ladder, propped it up on a side, and left it there. Just left it on that exterior wall, sometime in the 1750s, and maybe even before that. So why is this ladder just sort of hanging out on the side of the church? Well, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is shared by the Greek Orthodox, the Armenian Apostolic, the Coptic, the Ethiopian, the Syriac Orthodox, and the Roman Catholic churches. And much of the church is considered to belong to all of these denominations equally, though there are nooks and crannies and areas where one church can make alterations as it deems appropriate. However, in the parts of the church that are shared among the various branches of Christianity, they all have to agree on everything to get anything done. So they have to be unanimous. And these six groups do not have unanimous opinions about what to do with the church terribly often. 
Again, they have not been able to put away a ladder. Uh, this system, by the way, is known as the status quo. It, like the ladder, dates back to the 1700s. Jerusalem, of course, used to be in the Ottoman Empire, and the Ottoman Sultan, Osman III, he basically said to the various quarreling sects, he gave them an ultimatum. He said Jerusalem would be divided up into different quarters. You know, you'd have the Armenians here, you'd have the Catholics here, etc. And these shared holy sites would come under common sectarian administration. And he said, you all get to use the thing, and if you want to, like, change the thing, you all have to agree. This system allowed for coexistence, at least. And that thing about the common administration of holy sites, that has lasted longer than the Sultan's Empire. The Ottoman Empire, after all, fell during World War I, but this agreement has remained in place in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and other shared sites in Jerusalem, which means that the latter has just, you know, stayed there for over 250 years now. It shows up in old drawings and old photographs, and at this point, the latter is as much a part of the church as any column or painting. In fact, maybe even more so. This cedar ladder, propped up on the upper level of the church's exterior, is now maybe the most recognized and pointed out thing about it. It has, however, been moved twice. Once in 1997, when someone stole it. And the ladder was missing for several weeks, and it looked, for a moment, that this thing that had essentially been part of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre for centuries was no more. However, it was recovered by Israeli police, and they put it back exactly where it had been. Also, in 2009, some workers were making repairs to a bell tower, and they moved the ladder and put it back. Their work, fortunately, did not require the unanimous approval of all of the sects that inhabit the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And that actually is an important thing for this site. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is not in good shape. Because of the need for unanimity, it's hard to really get anything done. Um, there are parts of it that are old, that are falling apart, and these six groups kind of need to get their act together if they actually want to keep this thing existing into the future. Also, the tension between them has occasionally erupted into violence. On more than one occasion, a bunch of priests and monks have ended up punching each other in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And when I talk about priests and monks fighting, you might be thinking that that's the type of thing that would happen in a medieval monastery where the various brothers had had a bit too much beer. Now, I'm sure that happened all the time. But the last time a bunch of guys who had ostensibly devoted their lives to prayer and contemplation got into a fight in the church was in 2008. It was a fist fight between Greek and Armenian Orthodox clerics, and wow, the footage is bonkers. It's a bunch of guys in cassocks wailing on each other before getting hauled off by cops. I'll link to it in the episode description over at weirdhistorypodcast.com. Now, there are two more things that you might be wondering about. First, given the potential conflict between the various Christian groups who use a church, you might wonder who handles the day-to-day -day administration of the building, like opening the doors in the morning, closing them at night, you know, letting in the public, all that. Well, the answer is none of the six Christian groups who use the church do that. Instead, a Muslim family has held the keys to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre for years, the same family has held the keys 
for over five centuries, and they act as a kind of neutral party and caretakers for the church and day-to-day administrators. So that, at least, is a fairly cool example of long-term interfaith cooperation here. The other thing you might be wondering is, where do Protestants fit into all of this? I mentioned six different Christian groups, but none of them were, say, Presbyterian or Baptist or Methodist or whatever. What about the major Christian groups that are common in the United States? Well, they don't generally go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. They believe that another different site was where Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected. They call it the Garden Tomb. And now that is a major evangelical and Protestant pilgrimage spot. So that is a whole different kettle of worms. Uh, the Garden Tomb, that's only been around since the 1800s. And one big argument for the Garden Tomb is that the hill it's on is kind of sort of skull-shaped. And supposedly Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified and buried, was known as the place of the skull. And I looked at a bunch of pictures of the hill the Garden Tomb is on. And if you squint, I guess you can see a skull. I saw one, but that's probably just because I was ready to see one. I don't think I would have picked it out otherwise. Incidentally, by the way, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre sits on the site of a Roman temple to Venus. Now, there are different takes on that. The Christian take is that the Emperor Hadrian buried a potential Christian holy site, the tomb of Jesus, with a temple to a pagan goddess. Um, If you're a secular guy like me, what you see is, oh, hey, a Christian holy site just glommed on to a pre-existing pagan holy site. Happens all the time. But looking at situations like this, it becomes apparent that pluralism and mere coexistence are not the same thing. It's possible for various sects to all share the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, but sharing isn't cooperating. They have trouble working together for the common good, even when it's a really easy piece of the common good, like putting a ladder away or maintaining a place that's important to all of them. So, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, despite being so important to so many people of different Christian groups, the most famous thing about it, maybe, is a symbol of division and tragic non-cooperation. As always, this is a listener-supported show. Uh, thank you to everybody who supports the show every month. Go to weirdhistorypodcast.com to become a monthly supporter. That would be excellent and awesome of you. Uh, I am on social media, facebook.com slash weirdhistorypodcast, also Twitter, at Joe Streckert. Um, give us ratings and reviews on iTunes. That would be wonderful. Thank you all very much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>